0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Good morning, Life Changes. It is a wonderful privilege for me to be here to minister to you. And uh, Mark, I just want to say thank you to you and Candice, you have been phenomenal Great friends and incredibly kind. I love you and and I appreciate you lots. Um, I love being at Life Changers. Can I say that? Since I've joined Life Changers, I've also joined a band. I started a band with my friend Tyler Lynn at the back there. It's the two of us and uh, we are called the four of us. (laughs) The band was formed on Friday, so I'm pretty excited. Loving it here. Um, Yes, yes, yes. It's prophetic. Our wives will join us, Tyler, so it's good. Um, before we get started, guys, let's just, let's just pray. So why don't you close your eyes and, and let's, let's commit this time to God. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you, have, you know me. You know when I sit up, you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts, you search out my path, you know my, where I'm going to lie down tonight. You know where I'll wake up tomorrow morning. You're acquainted with all my ways. Father, before I say something, you know exactly what I'm going to say. You know all my sin, and yet you love me. Where will I go from your spirit, O God? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, there you will be, and if I cover myself with sin, I will find you, you will be there. Not scared, not frightened. But you love me. My darkness is not dark to you at all. Your night, the night is as bright as day for you. Father, you formed me in my mother's womb. You knitted me together. And I praise you because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. How wonderful are your works, O oh God. My soul knows this very well. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How precious are you, O God. I pray that you would make us aware of who you are in this time. Position us so that we can worship you for who you are. I pray that you would be celebrated through your word. I pray that you will come and cement certain things in our lives right now. Be present through your spirit. In Jesus' name, we ask this. Amen. Friends, we are busy with a series called God Is, and it is my privilege to share with you today that God is the Alpha and the Omega. And the aim for our time together is that we would be able to look at God as the beginning and the end, and that whatever comes our way, life will happen to you, if you didn't know that things will go wrong, that doesn't matter what happens to you, that when that happens, you will be safe and secure and that we would all be anchored in the knowledge that God has been there from the beginning and He will be there to the end. And regardless of what happens to me, that I am safe and I'm secure in Him. That what comes out of our mouths when those things happen would be praise. Whatever comes out of our, whatever happens to us, will not have an effect of who we think God is, that we would know His love, that we would know His kindness, that we would know His mercy. God is the Alpha and Omega, not because I say He is the Alpha and the Omega. God is the Alpha and the Omega because that is what Jesus says about Himself. So let's just go to the Word for a moment, and I want us to stay at Jesus, And I want you to, for your mind to be engaged. We're aiming higher this morning, and I want you to aim with me. We're going to look at Jesus, and I want you to be enamored by the beauty of Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. From the beginning, Jesus was there. And then we go to Revelation 1, verse 8. And there we read that Jesus is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and was and is to come, the Almighty. And then we read in Revelation 21, verse 5, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring the water of life without payment. This is Jesus who's speaking. Revelation 22 Verse 12, Jesus says, Behold, I'm coming soon, and I'm bringing recom- recom- help me? Re- recompense. I'm Afrikaans, so thank you for being here. I'm bringing my recompense to pay each one for what he has done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. And this encourages me. Do you know Why? because I know that's not who I am. I was born in 19-something. Most of you were also born in 19. We're not the the beginning. Some of you were born in the 2000s. I hope you're following me. Good morning. So, yes, yes. So Jesus is the beginning, and he's the end, and we are not. And I'm so aware of this, and I think no one puts it better than David did when he writes in Psalm 39, and I want us to just keep in mind that Jesus is the beginning and the end. And he just said that's who he is. So let's keep in mind. Let's look at Jesus. Beginning and the end. It's big. We're not that. And then look, now let's take a look at ourselves. In Psalm 39 verse five, 4 and 5, David says, let me just get it. He says something good. Very good. O oh Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made me; you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. And my exegesis of this is that God is the Alpha and the Omega, and I am not. I am here today, and I am gone tomorrow. I'm like a flower fading. I'm small. And I don't want to be a person who, I don't want to live for myself because it's foolishness. I don't want to give my life to me because I am am a blib that will be here today and that will be gone tomorrow. So so for those of you who don't know, there are 7.4 billion people on the earth, more or less, right now. I'm not that significant. It's just, it's just the way it is. And if, there's, if that doesn't oppress you, there has been 107 billion people before us. And if we are living for ourselves, we are playing it so, so small. Friends, time is limited. God has given us a certain amount of time. We all have a portion, and what we do with that is so important. What we do with that is so precious. It is His gift to us the sun comes up the sun goes down and that affects us we get wrinkled you know we get older we we will die we can't sidestep this doesn't matter if you have uh, discovery health it's inevitable you will you're going to croak yes it's true so the there's estimate they say that 55 0.3 million people will die in the year 2016 that's, that's that's a big that's a lot of people so in your mind just go to have a world map go to africa south africa that's our entire population that that will perish this year hopefully not but that's 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 what's going to happen that's how many people will die this year so we are not that that special and and life is fleeting. And I want to ask you this morning, what is anchoring your soul? What is it that anchors your soul? Because if you are living for your health, you're fighting a losing battle. If, if you've got the Discovery app and every go, time you go to the bathroom, you get 50 points, it's silly. And you're so enamored. Oh, my Apple watch. Oh, points, 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 points. You know? So if you like apples, how do you like these apples. God has got the sun and moon and the stars, and he holds the entire universe in his hands. Like apples, applesauce, okay? It's good. It's good. If you're living for your spouse, if you're living for your children, if you're living for your company, you are playing it small. If you are living for the biggest corporate gig out there, you're playing it small because that thing will only last 100, 200, 300 years max. God is the beginning and the end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. God is so much bigger. Don't play it small. I want to ask you with everything in me, don't play it small. Make your life count. Give yourself for the mission. Give yourself to the mission of God. So the big question is how do we anchor our souls how does a life look that is anchored in Christ in the beginning and the end so we're going to take a look for the remainder of our time at a man named Paul and he was a man who was so secure in God he was a man anchored in Christ and in acts we see the meta narrative of his life meta narrative means just the overarching story so we're not going to look at like a chapter now or a verse. We're going to look at the bigger picture. We're going to look at the story of his life. And Paul was on a mission when we meet him in Acts chapter 9. And he was, his mission was not the mission of God. His mission was in actual fact destroying the church. That was his mission. And if you are here today and you are not a follower of Jesus, I want to say you are so welcome. You find yourself in good company that a man who walked deeply, a man who, who, who made a great impact, also once found him in that exact same place. You don't have to have a perfect past. You don't have, to have, you don't have to be perfect. Paul was a man fighting the church. It was his job, it was his mission to eradicate the church. He had an encounter with Jesus. So I want to say, if you find yourself far from God, you are so welcome. And I do pray and I do hope that you will have an encounter with God. So we're going to look now, what does a life look like that is anchored in Christ? Well, the first thing is, if God is the Alpha and the Omega, if He is the beginning and the end, He gets to set the agenda. It's not like insider trading, it is insider trading. He was there at the beginning. He was there at the end. He looks at your life before you say anything. He knows exactly what you're going to say. And all we need to do is trust on Him. I love that song that we sing here. I trust not on. I lean not on my own understanding. I trust in the Creator of heaven and earth. If we want to be anchored in Christ, we got to trust on. On we got to put our trust in Him. On Him. God needs to set the agenda for your, our lives. So Paul was a man who was on mission. The mission changed. He had an encounter with Jesus and the mission changed. He was no longer on the mission to eradicate the church. He was on the mission of God. God came in his life, breakthrough, and he set the agenda. I want to ask you to open yourself up so that God would be in a place where he can set the agenda in your life. Are you open to that? Do you want to live a life anchored in him? Well, then God needs to set the agenda for your life second thing that I see in the life of Paul is that it is all about Jesus. In Acts chapter 9, we read of his encounter with Jesus, with the Alpha and the Omega on the way to Damascus, and this leaves him blind. I want us to stop and just look at the fact that it left him blind. So Paul was a man, he was a Pharisee, he was well-respected, he had a lot of things going for himself. Amongst his peers, he was the first. He was Jew boy 5,000 deluxe, okay? He was the Jew that the other mothers wanted to introduce their, their, their daughters to. He, he was that guy. So he had an encounter with Jesus, and he was, out, he was out of job, without a job. He lost his job because he could no longer do that. He was a single man. He encountered Jesus. He never married. He didn't meet a wife. Know that. He didn't get a car. He didn't get a big house on the hill. And so often we are sold this lie when Jesus' job is to make us happy and give us all the things we want so that we can live our selfish selfish existence for ourselves and then die. God wants you to be on his mission. God wants you to give your life for his mission. He doesn't promise us in this life everything so that we can be selfish. He gets no glory from our selfishness. So oftentimes I see things on Facebook where people would proclaim that God is fantastic and then you know there's a little wobble and, and people say, well, God, you didn't give me what I want and that gives me license to sin now. You owe me and gives me a sinning license and people go and do all kinds of things and then end up in a position where they blame God for, for, for not being a good God yeah. while we're indulging in sin and all kinds of things. That's not what I see in the Word. Paul encountered Jesus, was blind, and because he was obedient, because he did what he was instructed to do, he could see again. God healed him. Very important, very important. The third thing that I see when I was in the life of Paul, a man anchored in Christ, is that he was someone who made radical sacrifices. My question to you is, are you anchored in Christ? And if you say, yes, you are anchored, then I want to ask you, are you able to make sacrifices for the king? And if the answer is no, then I want to argue that I don't think you are anchored in him. Because if you know that he's the beginning and the end, and I'm a little blip in the middle, and I'm so incredibly small, and if you realize that it is the creator of heaven and earth who's asking me to do anything, whatever he's asking me, it is a small thing. It is a privilege that the creator of heaven would speak to me, that he would have me in mind, and he would ask me to do something. It's not a big ask. Whatever he's asking, it's not a big ask. It's a small... If you know who's asking... He's the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of heaven and earth. He reveals himself to Moses. He says, I'm the great I am. So he's the creator. He's the beginning. He's the great I am. He's the end. He's everything. And he would speak to me. He would speak to you. And he would ask us things. It's not a big thing when he asks us something if we know who it is. We need to be anchored in the knowledge of who who we are. We are in. Him. We need to be anchored in him. He is the creator, he is the beginning, he is the end. But, so, he's, he made radical sacrifices. Paul and his traveling companion, Barnabas, they were praying, the elders were praying, and they received word. And we get so excited when we receive words, and we like to cling on to words that we receive from God. And they received a word to go and preach the gospel. And that's a good word. We think, um, I'll, be, I'll be up for, for preaching the word, but you know what? He was sent, him and Barnabas, into the heart of famine. How, how exciting. Any, any takers? First blind, and now you're going into the heart of famine. Not a first-class jet, not a golden suit or a white suit, golden teeth, none of that stuff. <laughs> you're going to go into the heart of famine. Any takers? Radical sacrifices... And it's an easy thing for him to do because he know he's, he's so aware of it is who's sending him. And for me, it's a great honor. It's a great privilege to go. The next thing that, that I see in the life of Paul and in scripture is that anchored people are humble. In Acts chapter 13, Paul starts to preach the gospel. And it turns out he's quite good at preaching the gospel. First time in the word, that I, can, that I can see that after he's preached, people said, "Uncle, we, we want more, please give us more." That for me is my worst nightmare, because it takes me so long to prep something, it, it would be my end. If you would say, t- tell me some more, I would just, dip, dip, do, 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 that I would have nothing. Nothing. Anyway, so Paul, anchored people are humble people. people he's good at preaching. People ask him, we want more, we want more, and they start bringing people who, who, with sickness and disease to him, and people get, they get healed. Miracles start to take place, and people start to worship them. We read in Acts chapter 14, a crippled man from Lystra came to him, they prayed for him, he got healed, and the people started worshiping them as gods. And this is so easy when people see your gifting, when they see that thing that you're good and for, for to say, wow, you're pretty good. I like you. I really enjoy you. And he could have made a good living there in Lystra, being worshipped by people, being the man of God for the people. He didn't. He said, people turn away from these vain things, turn to a living God. Because he knows, he's so aware that he, he had an encounter with the Alpha and the Omega and that his life is nothing but a couple of hand and then it's gone. We need to be so secure in who we are. We need to be so secure that God is the beginning and the end and I am nothing. And yet he chooses to use us. It's incredibly humbling. If you are a businessman with considerable means... Please remain humble. Your calling in this life is not to be a rich man. Your calling in this life is to be more like Jesus. People should know you for, because of Jesus, not because you drive a fancy car or have a big business or anything like that. Our identity should be in Christ. We are to be humble vessels because we are here today and we are gone tomorrow. God is the beginning, He's the end. He's the creator of heaven and earth, and he chooses to use you and me. That's incredible. I just would like to share that I'm from a small, I'm from a blue collar town where the ultimate commodity was fighting. That's it. That, that, where, where achieving was so frowned upon that I, I would be absolutely nowhere if it was not for the gospel. If Jesus did not save me, I don't know where I would be. God is incredible. He chooses to use us, and we can be nothing but humble. When I look at the life of Paul, I see that people who's anchored in him must be resilient people. You must be resilient. So now Paul, people start to worship him. He tells them, turn from these things, these vain things, to a living God. He's pointing people back to Jesus. They want nothing to do with Jesus. And they stone him to death. And you know what happens? He's got a friend. His name is Luke. He's a physician. He, he mends him. He heals him back. And he, and he goes on with the mission. He doesn't say, well, God, that, that's enough. I've had enough. This costed, almost costed me my life. How dare you do this to me? People who's anchored in Christ should be resilient. He was stoned. This is serious. It cost him something, and he continued the mission. And if you are new to church and you think this guy is a terrible salesman, um, I just want to say we're not here to sell you anything. We are here so that you can count the cost. The next thing that I see with anchored people are that they are really, really, Resilient. So in Acts chapter 16, I want to tell you a story. Let's just go back. So Paul met Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. He was left, he was blinded by that encounter. Okay, that's not too much fun. So then he got sent into the heart of famine. Again, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll prefer barley. Um, then they are. He, he's, he's worshipped as a God, so that doesn't sound bad. But then he tells people to turn to a living God and he's stoned and he's left for, for dead. Okay, so this, is, this, is his, this has been his past couple of months. So if that's been your past couple of months, how would you feel? Tired. Yes, tired. In need of a holiday. So this is exactly where Paul finds himself and he continues with the mission because he's resilient, because we need to be resilient. And as he continues to preach the gospel, he enters into a new town and there's a woman with a spirit of divination in her that can predict the future. Okay? And every time Paul's open, he's open, every time Paul preached the gospel, something bad happens to him. And now he's walking in town, and there's a girl behind him, and she's saying, these, these guys will tell you the way to salvation to, and tell you of a living God. Now every time he's opened his mouth, something bad has happened to him. And a woman is walking behind him saying, these guys are preachers, they're tell, telling you the way of salvation. So guess what's going to happen to Paul? Okay, and Paul writes, let your gentleness be evident at all times. So a couple, this goes on for a couple of days. So he's had a bad couple of months. This annoying chick is in the background, and she won't <laughs> shut up. And it, it's just ha- continuing to happen, and he's had enough. He turns, her out, he turns her around, and he rebukes this woman, and the demon leaves her. The spirit of divination goes out, and she's freed from demonic oppression. And we would think that after deliverance, there would be a tap on the back. Just, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm free. Amen. Now I know the king. But this slave girl, her owners, are furious because she made them money with the spirit of divination that was in her. So it brings them to the court, and the tap on his back turned out to be a different kind of tap. And he receives a beating, in his lifetime he received the beating of 39 lashes five times, this man Paul. This was one of those times. His clothes were tall from his body, and he received um, lashings for preaching the gospel. So when I look at this, I realize we need to be um, a little resilient. Anchored people are really resilient. Now Paul and Silas, they are chained, they're in jail, and take a guess what is on his lips. In Acts chapter 16, we see what's on his lips, and we'll get there now, but remember what's the aim for this morning. The aim is that we would be anchored, that we would be aware that God is the Alpha, the Omega, that he is the beginning and the end, and I'm not. That this life is not about me, and doesn't matter what I'm going through, what would be on my lips would be praise, that I won't be influenced by my circumstances, that I would have a knowledge of his love, his goodness, and his mercies. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. So Paul finds himself in Acts sixteen, verse twenty five, midnight prison cell, it's cold, it's bruised received a terrible beating in chains. And he does the unthinkable. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And then suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. How could it be in that moment that he could wor- that we could worship God in those moments? How is that even possible? Well, the answer is actually quite simple that Paul had an encounter with the Alpha and Omega on his way to Damascus and he realized how big God is and he just realized how small he was. You see, God is way bigger than we could ever think or imagine and that needs to settle in us that this life is not about me, that he is the beginning, that he is the end and I'm just a couple of hand-pressed in between. Here today, gone tomorrow, that's our story. Please don't live for yourself. Please don't live for your own family, for your security. You're wasting your life. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Let your life count. Be a part of the bigger story. Be a part of God's story. Be anchored in Christ. Be anchored in God. Paul just shows us with his praise what the parable meant to say when talks about a man walking, stumbling upon a treasure in a field. Then he goes and he sells everything that he's got to get that treasure, to get that field, to purchase that field. Mm Acts 16, 26. This is an amazing thing. In jail, worshiping God, there's a great earthquake and a funny thing happens is the the doors open. People are free to go. They can run away. And, and what people are, are in prison? What type of people are in prison? Murderers, liars, thieves, the baddoers of society. And the jailer pulls out his sword and is ready to, ready to kill himself because he didn't do his job. And, and it's, he's on the plate, so he might as well do it himself. And the funny thing is that no one ran away, that they stayed put Because these men were anchored in the Alpha and the Omega. They had an opportunity to go. They went nowhere because the praise that was was on their lips, it's magnetic, it's missional, it's a tool. So that when we are anchored in Christ, when we are anchored in the Alpha and the Omega, and we open our mouths, the outcast of society won't run They won't roll their eyes. They won't think you're a bunch of hypocrites. They will sit. They will stay put. They will listen because they desire that. We all desire that. Friends, I want to encourage you. I want to invite you to be anchored in Christ. Don't waste your life. Don't live for yourself. God is calling us to a place a deeper place, a place where we're anchored in Him, a place where He gets to set the agenda, a place where we would get to make radical sacrifices and it would be no sacrifice at all but a great source of joy to us. He's He's calling us to a place of humility. He's calling us to a place of resilience. We need to be anchored in Him. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. We are but a couple of hand here today, gone tomorrow. I want to pray the prayer, the, the psalm that David said over us. So why don't you join me? Why don't you stand? Why don't you raise your hands if you're comfortable with that? Oh, Lord, you are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. And I pray that you would make to us know our end and the measure of our days. Father, I pray that you would enable us to realize how fleeting we are, how small we are. Make us realize that you've made our days a couple of hand and that our lifetime is nothing before you, but you are great. Father, you are the beginning, you are the end, you are everything in between, and I pray that you would propel us into your story for your glory. I pray that you will take us on amazing adventures. Father, I pray for radical sacrifices in this church. I pray for people to let go of everything. Father, I pray that people would be so drawn to us, because the place from where we minister is anchored in you with the full knowledge that you are in control, that you are good, that you are kind, that you are our savior, that you are the beginning and the end. I pray that your praise would really be on our lips in the darkness, in the valleys. Make your name great through my pain. Make your name great through my suffering. Father, I thank you for this house. I thank you for its people. And I thank you for the mission that you are calling us to. Make your name holy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.